too, fashion, embellished with an Adam's apple which made him look as though he had made an unsuccessful effort to swallow his own head, but he was a very important personage at the dance. With great dignity he unwound his bandana handkerchief from his old fiddle and proceeded to tune for the fray. Did you never hear a country fiddler tune his fiddle? He tuned, and he tuned, and he tuned, he tuned for fifteen minutes, and it was like a melodious frog pond during a shower of rain. At length Uncle Ephraim shouted, Get your partners for a cotillion. The fiddler struck an attitude, and after countless yelps from his eager strings, he glided off into that sweet old southern air of old Uncle Ned, as though he were mauling rails or feeding a threshing machine. Uncle Ephraim sang the chorus with the fiddle before he began to call the figures of the dance, lay down the shovel and the ho-ho-ho, hang up the fiddle and the bow, for dars no no work for poor old Ned he's gone or the good niggas go. Then, drawing himself up to his full height, he began, honey yo pardoners, swing em cona swing yo pardoners, fest couple forward and back, half right and left through, back again, swing em cona swing yo pardoners, next couple forward and back, half right and left through, back again, swing em cona swing yo pardoners, fest couple to the right lady in the center hands all around zootoing, next couple zootoing, next couple zootoing, Showing, showing, showing. About this time an angry lad who had been jilted by his sweetheart, shied a fresh egg from without, it struck Ephraim square between the eyes and broke and landed on his upper lip. Uncle Ephraim yelled, stop the music stop the dance let the whole circumstances of these occasion come to a standstill till I finds out who it is a scramming eggs around he. And then the dancing subsided for the candy pulling, the candy pulling the sugar was boiling in the kettles. And while it boiled the boys and girls played, snap, and, eleven hand, and, thimble, and, blindfold, and another old play which some of our older people will remember, oh, sister Phoebe, how merry were we, when we sat under the juniper tree, the juniper tree, I oh, and when the sugar had boiled down into candy they emptied it into greased saucers, or as the mountain folks called them, greased saucers, and set it out to cool, and when it had cooled each boy and girl took a saucer, and they pulled the taffy out and patted it and rolled it till it hung well together, and then they pulled it out a foot long, they pulled it out a yard, long, and they doubled it back, and pulled it out, and when it began to look like gold the sweethearts paired off and consolidated their taffy and pulled against each other, they pulled it out and doubled it back, and looped it over, and pulled it out, and sometimes a peach blow cheek touched a bronzed one, and sometimes a sweet little voice spluttered out, you jack, and there was a suspicious smack like a cow pulling her foot out of stiff mud, they pulled the candy and laughed and frolicked, the girls got taffy on their hair the boys got taffy on their chins, the girls got taffy on their waists the boys got taffy on their coat sleeves, they pulled it till it was as bright as a moonbeam, and then they plaited it and coiled it into fantastic shapes and set it out in the crisp air to cool, then the courting in earnest began, they did not court then as the young folks court now. The young man led his sweetheart back into a dark corner and sat down by her, and held her hand for an hour, and never said a word, but it resulted next year in more cabins on the hillsides and in the hollows, and in the years that followed the cabins were full of candy-haired children who grew up into a race of the best, the bravest, and the noblest people the sun in heaven ever shone upon, in the bright, bright hereafter when all the joys of all the ages are gathered up and condensed into globules of transcendent ecstasy, I doubt whether there will be anything half so sweet as were the candy smeared, 
ruby lips of the country maidens to the jeans jacketed swains who tasted them at the candy pulling in the happy long ago. Signed by Governor Taylor to Arif, down on the farm, in the happy long ago, when I used to draw the bow, at the old log cabin hearthstone all aglow. Oh, the fiddle laughed and sung, and the punchins fairly rung, with the clatter of the shoe soles long ago. Oh, the merry swings and whirls of the happy boys and girls, in the good old time cotillion long ago. Oh, they danced the highland fling, and they cut the pigeon wing, to the music of the fiddle and the bow. But the mischief and the mirth, and the frolics round the hearth, and the flitting of the shadows to and fro, like a dream hath passed away now I'm growing old and gray, and I'll soon hang up the fiddle and the bow, when a few more notes I've made, when a few more tunes I've played, I'll be sleeping where the snowy daises grow, but my griefs will all be o'er when I reach the happy shore, where I'll greet the friends who loved me long ago, oh, how sweet. How precious to us all are the memories of the happy long ago. The banquet. Let us leave the egg flip of the country dance. And take a bowl of eggnog at the banquet. It was a modern banquet for men only. Music flowed. Wine sparkled. The night was far spent. It was in the wee small hours. The banquet was given by call. Punk who was the promoter of a town boom. And who had persuaded the banqueters that there were millions in it. He had purchased some old sedge fields on the outskirts of creation from an old squatter on the domain of Dixie, at three dollars an acre, and had stocked them at three hundred dollars an acre, the old squatter was a partner with the colonel, and with his part of the boodle nicely done up in his wallet, was present with beyond hopes and feelings high, countless yarns were spun, numberless jokes passed round the table until, in the ecstasy of their joy, the banqueters rose from the table and clinked their glasses together, and sang to chorus, landlord, Fill the flowing bowl until it doth run over, landlord fill the flowing bowl until it doth run over, for tonight we'll marry Mary be, for tonight we'll marry Mary be, for tonight we'll marry Mary be, and tomorrow we'll get sober. The whole banquet was drunk as banquets usually are, and the principal stockholders finally succumbed to the music of old Kentucky bourbon, and sank to sleep under the table. The last toast on the program was announced. It was a wonderful toast, our mineral resources, the old squatter rose in his glory, about three o'clock in the morning, to respond to this toast, and thus he responded, Mr. Chairman and gentlemen of the banquet, I had never made mineralogy a study, nor zoology, nor any other kind of ology, but if there ain't M-I-N-E-R-L in the diestric which you gentlemen have just purchased from me at such magnificent figures, then the imagination of man is a deception and a snare, but gentlemen, you can't expect to find M-I-N-E-R-L without plenty UV digging. I have been digging far for the past 40 year for it, and ain't never struck it yet. I hope you general men will strike it sometime and during the next 40 year. Here, with winks and blinks and clinched teeth, the old colonel pulled his coat tail. He was spoiling the town boom, but he would not down. He continued in the same eloquent strain, gentlemen. You can't expect to find M-I-N-E-R-L without plenty UV digging. You can't expect to find nothing in this world without plenty UV digging. There is no excellence without labor gentlemen. If old Vanderbilt hadn't been persevering in his particular kind UV did gin, or would he be today? He wouldn't now be a rich man, a ride in the billars of old ocean in his magnificent yachet. If I hadn't been persevering, and hadn't a cup on a did gin and a digging, or would I have been today? I now have been seated like you gentlemen, at this stupendous banquet with my pockets full of watered stock, 
and some other old American citizen now to have been delivering this eulogy on our MINERL resources. Gentlemen, my injunction to you is never to stop digging, and while you're digging, cultivate a love for the beautiful, the true and the good. Speak in of the beautiful, the true, and the good. Gentlemen, let us not forget woman at this magnificent banquet. Oh, woman, woman, woman. When the morning stars sung together for joy on woman, God bless ye our great God. Feller citizens, can't you understand? At the close of this great speech the curtain fell to slow music, and there was a panic in land stocks. There is music all around U.S. There is music all around us. There is music everywhere. There is no music so sweet to the American ear as the music of politics. There is nothing that kindles the zeal of a modern patriot to a lighter heat than the prospect of an office. There is nothing that cools it off so quickly as the fading out of that prospect. I stood on the stump in Tennessee as a candidate for governor. And thus I cut my eagle loose, fellow citizens. We live in the grandest country in the world. It stretches from Maine's dark pines and crags of snow to where magnolia breezes blow. It stretches from the Atlantic Ocean on the east to the Pacific Ocean on the west. And an old fellow jumped up in my crowd and threw his head in the air and shouted, Let the R stretch. During the R hurrah for the Democrat Party, an old Dutchman had a beautiful boy of whom he was very proud, and he decided to find out the bent of his mind. He adopted a very novel method by which to test him. He slipped into the little fellow's room one morning and placed on his table a Bible, a bottle of whiskey, and a silver dollar. Now, said he, when dot boy comes in F he takes dot dollar, he's going to be a business man, F he takes dot Bible he'll be a breacher, F he takes dot whiskey, he's no good he's going to be a drunkard, and he hid behind the door to see which his son would choose, in came the boy whistling, he ran up to the table and picked up the dollar and put it in his pocket, he picked up the Bible and put it under his arm, then he snatched up the bottle of whiskey and took two or three drinks, and went out smacking his lips. The old Dutchman poked his head out from behind the door and exclaimed, Mein God he's going to be a politician. There is no music like the music of political discussion. I had heard almost a thousand political discussions. I heard the great debate between Blaine and Ben Hill. I heard the angry colloquies between Roscoe Conkling and Lamar. I had heard them on down to the humblest in the land. But I prefer to give you a scrap of one which occurred in my own native mountains. It was a race for the legislature in a mountain county between a straight Democrat and a straight Republican. The mountaineers had gathered at the county site to witness the great debate. The Republican spoke first. He was about six feet two in his socks, as slim as a bean pole, with a head about the size of an ordinary tin cup and very bald, and he lisped. Webster in all his glory in the United States Senate never appeared half so great or half so wise. Thus he opened the debate, F-E-L-L-O-W-T-H-I-T-I-T-H-E-N-S, I come before you today as a Republican candidate, for to represent you in the lower branch you be the legitlicon, and, fellow fitifans, if I should be something contern in my own character, I hope you will excuse me, I sprung from one of the humblest cabins in all that lovely land you be sweet liberty, and many a morning I have jumped out you be my little trundle bed onto the puncheon floor, and pulled the splinters and the bark off you be the wall of our humble cabin, for to make a fire for my weekly parents, fellow fitifans, I never had no chanty, all that I am today I hold to my own egg for fiance, and that I'm tall, when the cloud of war swept like a boom of destruction over this land you be sweet liberty, me and my conduct fion tittered our musket and marched forth on the bloody battlefield to fight for your sweet liberty, fellow fitifans, 
If you can trust me in the Kapotiti UV effulger, can't you trust me in the Kapotiti UV village if latcher? I asked my old Dimocrat competitor for to tell you or he was when war shook that continent from its center to its circumput. I have put that gift I unto him on every stump, and he's a file and an oyster, fellow city fence. I am a Republican from Principe. I believe in everything the Republican Party has ever done, and everything the Republican Party ever expects to do, fellow Fitifense. I am in favor of a high protective tariff for the protection of our infant and youth turf which are only a hundred year old, and fellow Fitifense. I am in favor of paying of a pentoon to every folder that fit in the Federal Army, while he lives, and after half he dead. I'm in favor of paying you via to hit executor or hit administrator. He took his seat amid great applause on the Republican side of the House, and the old Democrat who was a much older man, came forward like a roaring lion, to join issue in the great debate, and thus he, joined, feller citizens, I come before you as a Democrat candidate, fur to represent you in the lower branch of the House of the Ligis Ladder, and fest and foremost. It becomes my duty fur to tell you where I stand on the great questions which is now agitating of the public mind. Fest info must, feller citizens. I am a Democrat inside and out, up one side and down tougher, independent defeatically. My competitor axes me where I was and during the war hits none you be his business where I was. He says he was a fightin' for your sweet liberty. F he didn't have no more sense than to stand before them pardrotted dung shells and cannon. That's his business. And hits my business where I was. I think I had answered him on that pint. Now, feller citizens, I'll tell you what I'm for. I am in favor you be paying off this here drotted tariff and stopping of it, and I'm in favor of collecting just enough of revenue fur to run the government economical administered. According to Andy Jackson in the Democrat platform, my competitor never told you that he got wounded and during the war. Or did he get hit at? That's the pint in this canvas. He got it in the back. A lean of the Ravon's guard on the retreat that's where he got it. This charge precipitated a personal encounter between the candidates, and the meeting broke up in a general battle, with brickbats and tan bark flying in the air. It would be difficult, for those reared amid the elegancies and refinements of life in city and town, to appreciate the enjoyments of the gatherings and merry-makings of the great masses of the people who live in the rural districts of our country. The historian records the deeds of the great, he consigns to fame the favored few, but leaves unwritten the short and simple annals of the poor the lives and actions of the millions. The modern millionaire, as he sweeps through our valleys and around our hills in his palace car, ought not to look with derision on the cabins of America, for from their thresholds have come more brains and courage and true greatness than ever any added from all the palaces of this world. The fiddle, the rifle, the axe, and the Bible, symbolizing music, prowess, labor, and free religion, the four grand forces of our civilization, were the trusty friends and faithful allies of our pioneer ancestry in subduing the wilderness and erecting the great commonwealths of the republic, wherever a son of freedom pushed his perilous way into the savage wilds and erected his log cabin, these were the cherished penates of his humble domicile the rifle in the rack above the door, the axe in the corner, the bible on the table, and the fiddle with its streamers of ribbon, hanging on the wall, did he need the charm of music? to cheer his heart, to scatter sunshine, and drive away melancholy thoughts. He touched the responsive strings of his fiddle and it burst into a laughter. Was he beset by skulking savages, or prowling beasts of prey? He rushed to his deadly rifle for protection and relief. Had he the forest to fell, and the fields to clear, 
his trusty axe was in his stalwart grasp. Did he need the consolation, the promises and precepts of religion to strengthen his faith, to brighten his hope, and to anchor his soul to God and heaven? He held sweet communion with the dear old Bible. The glory and strength of the Republic today are its plain working people. Princes and lords may flourish and may fade. A breath can make them, as a breath has made, but an honest yeomanry a country's pride, when once destroyed, can never be supplied. Long live the common people of America. Long live the fiddle and the bow, the symbols of their mirth and merriment, the two columns, music woos, and leads the human race ever onward, and there are two columns that follow her, one is the happy column, ringing with laughter and song, its line of march is strewn with roses, it is hedged on either side by happy homes and smiling faces, the other is the column of sorrow, moaning with suffering and distress, I saw an aged mother with her white locks and wrinkled face, swoon at the governor's feet, I saw old men tottering on the staff, with broken hearts and tear-stained faces, and heard them plead for their wayward boys. I saw a wife and seven children, clad in rags, and barefoot, in midwinter, fall upon their knees around him who held the pardoning power. I saw a little girl climb upon the governor's knee, and put her arms around his neck. I heard her ask him if he had little girls, then I saw her sob upon his bosom as though her little heart would break and heard her plead for mercy for her poor, miserable, wretched, convict father, I saw want, and woe, and poverty, and trouble, and distress, and suffering, and agony, and anguish, march in solemn procession before the gubernatorial door, and I said, let the critics frown and rail, let this heartless world condemn, but he who hath power and doth not temper justice with mercy, will cry in vain himself for mercy on that great day when the two columns shall meet. For, thank God, the stream of happy humanity that rolls on like a gleaming river, and the stream of the suffering and distressed and ruined of the surf, both empty into the same great ocean of eternity and mingle like the waters, and there is a God who shall judge the merciful and the unmerciful. There is a melody for every ear. The multitudinous harmonies of this world differ in pathos and pitches the stars differ, one from another, in glory. There is a style for every taste, a melody for every ear. The gabble of geese is music to the goose, the hoot of the hoot owl is loftier to his mate than the nightingale's lay, the concert of Signor Tommaso Catlini and Mademoiselle Pussy awakeneth the growling old bachelor from his dreams, and he throweth his buckets of bootjacks and superannuated footgear. The peripatetic gentleman from Italy asks no loftier strain than the tune of his hand organ and the jingle of the nickels, the tribute of the Caesars. The downy lip boy counts the explosion of a kiss on the cheek of his darling, Dulcinea del Toboso, sweeter than an echo from paradise, and it is said that older folks like its music. The tintinabulations of the wife's curtain lecture are too precious to the enraptured husband to be shared with other ears, and in the hush of the bedtime hour, when tired daddies are seeking repose in the oblivion of sleep, the unearthly bangs on the grand piano below in the parlor, and the unearthly screams and yells of the budding prima donna. As she sings to her admiring doe, men may come and men may go. But I go on for or or I go on for or or I go on for or It is a thing of beauty, and a nightmare, forever. Music is the wine of the soul. Music is the wine of the soul. It is the exhilaration of the palace. It is the joy of the humblest home. It sparkles and glows in the banquet hall. It is the inspiration of the church. Music inspires every gradation of humanity from the orangutan and the cane-sucking dude with the single eyeglass. Up to man, there was, a sound of revelry by night, 
where youth and beauty were gathered in the excitement of the raging ball. The ravishing music of the orchestra charmed from the street a red-nosed old knight of the demijohn, and an invited he staggered into the brilliant assemblage and made an effort to get a partner for the next set. Failing in this, he concluded to exhibit his powers as a dancer, and galloped around the hall till he galloped into the arms of a strong man who quickly ushered him to the head of the stairs, and gave him a kick and a push, he went revolving down to the street below and fell flat on his back in the mud, but, truth crushed to earth will rise again. He rose, and standing with his back against a lamp post, he looked up into the faces that were gazing down, and said in an injured tone, Gentlemen, hick you may be able to fool some people, but, hick you can't fool me, hick I know what made you kick me down them stairs, hick, hick, you don't want me up there that's the reason, so, life hath its discords as well as its harmonies, there was music in the magnificent parlor of a modern Chesterfield, it was thronged with elegant ladies and gentlemen. The daughter of the happy household was playing and singing Verdi's, Ah, I have sighed to arrest me. The fond mother was turning the pages. The fond father was sighing and resting upstairs. In a state of innocuous desuetude. Produced by the music of old Kentucky bourbon. But he could not withstand the power of the melody below. Quickly he donned his clothing. He put his vest on over his coat. Put his collar on hindside foremost buttoned the lower buttonhole of his coat on the top button, stood before the mirror and arranged his hair, and started down to see the ladies and listen to the music, but he stumped his toe at the top of the stairs, and slid down head foremost, and turned a somersault into the midst of the astonished ladies, the ladies screamed and helped him to his feet, all crying at once, are you hurt Mr. Rickety are you hurt, standing with his back against the piano he exclaimed in an assuring tone, why, hick of course not ladies, Go on with your music. Hick that's the way I always come down. To old banqueters banquet at a banquet. They banquet all night long. And kept the banquet up together all the next day after the banquet had ended. They kept up their banqueting a week after the banquet was over. But they got separated one morning and met again in the afternoon. One of them said, good morning. The other said, good evening. Why, said one, it's morning and that's the sun. I've investigated the question. No sirree, said the other, you're mistaken, it's late in the evening and that's the full moon. They concluded they would have no difficulty about the matter, and agreed to leave it to the first gentleman they came to to settle the question. They locked arms and started down the street together, they staggered on till they came upon another gentleman in the same condition, hanging on a lamp post. One of them approached him and said, friend Hick we don't desire to interfere with your meditation. Hick but this gentleman says it's morning and that's the sun. I say it's evening and that's the full moon. Hick we respectfully ask you Hick to settle the question. The fellow stood and looked at it for a full minute. And in his despair replied, Gentlemen, Hick you'll have to excuse me. Hick I'm a stranger in this town. The old time singing school. Did you never hear the music of the old time singing school? Oh, who can forget the old school house that stood on the hill? Who can forget the sweet little maidens with their pink sun bonnets and checkered dresses? the walks to the spring, and the drinks of pure, cold water from the gourd, who can forget the old-time courtships at the singing school, when the boy found an opportunity he wrote these tender lines to his sweetheart, the rose is red, the violet's blue sugar is sweet, and so are you, she read it and blushed, and turned it over and wrote on the back of it, as sure as the vine clings round the stump, I'll be your sweet little sugar lump, who can forget the old-time singing master, the old-time singing master with very light hair, a deed mustache, a wart on his left eyelid, 
and with one game leg, was the pride of our rural society, he was the envy of man and the idol of woman, his baggy trousers, several inches too short, hung above his toes like the inverted funnels of a cunard steamer, his butternut coat had the abbreviated appearance of having been cut in deep water, and its collar encircled the back of his head like the belts of Jupiter and the rings of Saturn, his vest resembled the aurora borealis, and his voice was a cross between a cane mill and the bray of an ass, yet beautiful and bright he stood before the ruddy-faced swains and rose-cheeked lassies of the country, conscious of his charms, and proud of his great ability, he had prepared, after a long and tedious research of Webster's and a bridge dictionary, a speech which he always delivered to his class, boys and girls, he would say, music is a conglomeration of pleasing sounds, or a succession or culmination of simultaneous sounds modulated in accordance with harmony, harmony is the sociability of two or more musical strains, melody denotes the pleasing combustion of musical and measured sounds, as they succeed each other in transit, the elements of vocal music consist of seven original tones which constitute the diatonic scale, together with its steps and half-steps, the whole being compromised in ascending notes and half-notes, thus, do re miles fa sol la si do do si la sol fa miles re do, now, the diapason is the ad interime, or interval betwixt and between the extremes of an octave, according to the diatonic scale, the turns of music consist of the appoggiatura which is the principal note, or that on which the turn is made, together with the note above and the semitone below, the note above being sounded first, the principal note next and the semitone below, last, B3 being performed staccatoly, or very quickly, now, if you will keep these simple proper cetions clear in your physical mind, there is no power under the broad canister of heaven which can prevent you from becoming succinctly contaminated with the primary and elementary rudiments of music, with these few sanguinary remarks we will now proceed to diagnosticate the exercises of the morning hour. Please turn to page 34 of the Southern Harmony. And we turned. You will discover that this beautiful piece of music is written in 4-4 four, four time. Beginning on the downward beat. Now. Take the sound soul miles do all in unison 1, 2, 3. Sing. Soul soul. Miles fa soul. La soul fa. Re re re. Re miles fa re miles fa. Sol fa miles do 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 si do re, re re re, miles do si do, re do si la sol, si do re, re miles fa solo, sol fa miles do do do. I heard a great Italian tenor sing in the grand opera, and oh, how like the dew on the flowers is the memory of his song. He was playing the role of a broken heart lover in the opera of the Bohemian Girl. I can only repeat it as it impressed me on humble young man from the mountains who never before had heard the grand opera, when after are our leeks and after are our hairs, there are our tales of love shall tell, in long which whose excess impair are our tears, the power are our are they feel so well, there are our may perhaps in a such a and e some are our ray company like Tyon B, out days dot have as hop to be then you are our ray member are our me then you are ray member are you are ray member me. Music, the spirit of music, like an archangel, presides over mankind and the visible creation. Her afflatus, divinely sweet, divinely powerful, is breathed on every human heart, and inspires every soul to some nobler sentiment, some higher thought, some greater action. O music, sweetest, sublimest ideal of omniscience, firstborn of God, fairest and loftiest seraph of the celestial hierarchy, muse of the beautiful, daughter of the universe in the morning of eternity, 
when the stars were young, her first grand oratorio burst upon raptured deity, and thrilled the wondering angels, all heaven shouted, ten thousand times ten thousand jeweled harps, ten thousand times ten thousand angel tongues caught up the song, and ever since, through all the golden cycles, its breathing melodies, old as eternity, yet ever new as the flitting hours, had floated on the air of heaven, the seraph stood, with outstretched wings, on the horizon of heaven clothed in light, ablaze with gems, and with voice attuned, swept her burning harp strings, and lo, the blue infinite thrilled with her sweetest note, the trembling stars heard it, and flashed their joy from every flaming center, the wheeling orbs that coursed their paths of light were vibrant with the strain, and peeled it back into the glad ear of God, the far-off milky way, bright gulf stream of astral glories, spanning the ethereal deep, resounded with its harmonies, and the stardust isles floating in that river of opal, re-echoed the happy chorus from every sparkling strand, the paradise of fools, have you ever thought of the wealth that perished when paradise was lost, have you ever thought of the glory of Eden, the first estate of man, I think it was the very dream of God, glowing with ineffable beauty, I think it was rimmed with blue mountains, from whose moss-covered cliffs leaked a thousand glassy streams that spread out in mid-air, like bridal veils, kissing a thousand rainbows from the sun, I think it was an archipelago of gorgeous colors, flecked with green isles, where the grapevine staggered from tree to tree, as if drunk with the wine of its own purple clusters, where peach, and plum, and blood-red cherries, and every kind of berry, bent bow and bush, and shone like showered drops of ruby and of pearl, I think it was a wilderness of flowers, redolent of eternal spring and pulsing with bird song, where dappled fawns played on banks of violets, where leopards, peaceful and tame, lounged in copses of magnolias, where harmless tigers lay on snowy beds of lilies, and lions, lazy and gentle, banded in jungles of roses, I think its billowy landscapes were festooned with tangling creepers, bright with perennial bloom, and curtained with sweet-scented groves, where the orange and the pomegranate hung like golden globes and, 